man, I think you ought to just be a man. Courage begins in church. Yes, it does. Hey, <laughs> thank you. Yesterday I was sitting there at um or was it Wednesday? We were we were sitting there eating lunch. And I saw two men over there were about to eat, held grabbed each other's hands, bowed their heads, prayed over their food. I thought, well good, we got some men here. Now you ladies, this is not just for your husband. Drag him out to the movies. Amen? You don't want to have the day of resolution and be the only man sitting out in the audience and say, I didn't see the movie. That, that might not be a bit your best day. We're going to do this. and We're going to kick the standard up in this church. Amen? Now, ladies, when they go, pray for them. Because they're going to get a revelation of God they never got in their life. Amen? Well, enough of that. And all the men are saying, hallelujah, praise the name of Jesus. Get your Bible and go to Genesis chapter 24. My sermon title today is called, The Camel You Water. I knew that y'all would look at me like, well, what in the world does that have to do with anything? We'll go to Genesis 24 and let's find out. Now hold your place in Genesis 24, hold your place there, and go to Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Does that sound like good news? That's good news. We have sitting right here in this room this morning people who need God to move in their life. There is a plan. God has a plan for you. And in that plan is the blessings of God. That's where your blessings are. They're in the plan of God. Not your plans, God's plan. How do you find that plan? How do you get in that place? The economy is not the problem. We have people sitting in this room right now that their houses are being foreclosed on. Don't get in condemnation. There's a better day for you if, if you'll get in the plan of God. There are people sitting in here right now, and I want to refer to something. Young people who are growing up in this economy, in this world, that in all outward evidence looks Hopeless, like, oh my God, what did y'all leave us? I mean, a, an America in a tailspin. I mean, where are the jobs? Where's, where's our future? I mean, am I ever going to have a husband, a family, a wife, and kids and have a good life? The answer to that question is yes. Yes. Now, we're going to take this scripture right here, and I'm going to show you three things. That if you'll do them, and they're not hard, everybody likes it to be easy. It's not hard. It's what I'm going to show you is simple. God is able to take the things that you've done. I mean, even when you don't know what you're doing, even when you are sometimes making 
wrong choices. Say, that's good news, Pastor. Even when we've made wrong choices, God is able to take your life and bring it back in order and bring you into the blessing of Abraham to the prosperity, the health, and the life that he desires to give you. God has a plan. Now, I want to show you one more scripture before we get into this, and that's Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace have you been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Look at verse 9. Not of works, lest you boast. Let's go. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. Now, listen, that is, that is called good news. I don't care what's going on in the world. I don't care. I don't care whether the economy goes up or down. I don't care what the housing market does or does not do. It doesn't matter whether you made the wrong choice in going to school, college, getting the wrong education. That is not the issue. Every one of us have had times. Now, let me say something to you parents before we get into this. How many of you, as a teenager, made wrong choices? Put your hand down. Let me ask you another question. How many of you will tell this audience, through the grace of God, he was able to get me where I am today, and I've made it, but it's been all God. Oh, God. I'm telling you, when I was 22, holy, help me, Jesus. I was not headed into the ministry. Hallelujah. I was not headed toward God. Hallelujah. I was headed to jail and hell. I made all the wrong choices. I made all the wrong decisions. But God, <laughs> my mama got on her face. Heavenly Father, you got a plan for that boy of mine. There is a place he's supposed to be. He don't know what it is, and right now he don't care. But I'm going to get in your face as, your, as his mama. And I'm going to ask you, I want you to start turning everything around. He goes that way, get him and reel him back over this way. If he goes that way, pull him back over that way. Not until he gets in, in your will, oh God. Oh, mama prayed. I remember, that, I remember that everything in my life, from the district attorney telling me he was going to throw me under the jail, I can tell you, God began to orchestrate stuff. Some of it wasn't so fun. But I felt like somebody put me in a vice. And all of a sudden someone hooked a hook in my jaw. And God was going, this is the way. Come. There is a God. And your kids will know him. And your kids will follow him. And your kids 
will turn out okay. They just don't know yet. They may have plans, but there's somebody that has another plan prepared beforehand. I mean, buddy, he knew when you were going to be born, he knew your name before the world was ever, and he's already got it mapped out, and it is a very good plan. Aren't you glad I stayed up? Last night I wrestled with God till midnight over this sermon. Woo! Genesis 24. We're going to look at three different people. We're going to watch God do something in their lives. And I'm going to do some reading. We're going to do a little bit of extra reading today, but I want you just to follow me the best you can or just sit there and watch the overhead. They'll pop it up to the best of their ability. Abraham was 24-1, was well advanced in age. And the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. And Abraham said to his oldest servant, we never, know, we never know his name, of his house who ruled over all he had, put your hand under my thigh and, make, and I, I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven, the God of the earth, that you will not take a wife from my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I dwell. But you will go to my country and to my family and you will take a wife for my son Isaac. And the servant said to him, Perhaps the woman will not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I take your son back to that land which you came? And Abraham said, Beware, don't take my son back there. And the Lord God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my family, and spoke to me and swore to me and said, To your descendants I'll give this land. I will send his angel before you. And take a wife from my son from there. And if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be released from this oath. Only do not take my son there. The number one issue in your life is, that, is, is your faith in God's ability to do what he says. Abraham has already experienced one time in his life standing on the promise of God and watching God do something that the world said cannot be done. Abraham starts off and looks at his servant. He's sending his servant, but he's sending something more important than his servant. He's sending his faith out. He is declaring, go back to my family and bring the wife back. You understand that God already had that girl picked out from the foundation of the world. Do y'all believe that God knew that the boy would be born and that he needed the wife? Did you understand that before Abraham even spoke those words, 16, 18 years before that, God was answering Abraham's prayer that he hadn't even prayed? Let's stop right here and talk to you for a minute. Do you think you got to this point in your life right now and you're shocking God with the things you're praying about? You are not. I'm going to tell you some good news. He has been working on your prayer request that you are praying right now for the last 15 years of your life. He already knew you would be here. He already knew you were going to be asking. He already knew you needed a job. 
He already knew you needed some money. He already had a plan, and he was working on it before you had the brains to ask him. Woo, glory to God. Everybody say, God is a good God. So Abraham said, listen, the God that brought me out of here, the God that told me I was going to have a boy, he's already got a girl. Now I'm sending you, go find her. He sent his faith out that she is coming. Say, my answer is coming. It's on the way. Now let me give you a scripture out of the book. I'm doing pretty good. Um, Romans 4, 17. Let me show you how to use your faith. Don't put that scripture up there with those trees. Makes me want to go hunting and fishing. Okay. No, no, I'm teasing. Put that back. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who believed God, who gives life to the dead and calls things that do not exist as though they were. Now, that's faith. That's called faith. See, you don't see how God will do it. You don't know how God will do it. You hadn't even, you, listen, if you knew how he was going to do it, you'd be God. But you know what? He's not going to tell you how he's going to do it. He's not going to tell you when he's going to do it. He's not going to tell you a whole lot other than this. I'll do it. I'll do exactly what I told you I will do. If you are praying, if you are standing on the word of God in the name of Jesus, about a thing that in the Word of God, I can guarantee you one thing, your faith is going to go out there and bring that thing to you. There is a plan. There is a plan. He's already got the plan. All you got to do is get in the plan. I want to tell a story right now. You know, I didn't, I didn't know Lisa. I didn't know anything about Lisa. I didn't even know there was a Lisa. But when I was in Oklahoma, I was going through some marriage problems, and the Lord moved a man next door to me named Tom Copeland. Now, that would be this young lady's dad. And she used to live next door to me when she was about this big. Rode her bicycle down my driveway. We lived in a duplex. And you know what? I didn't really want Tom to live next door. Because Tom was a pastor. So I, my, my wife was the manager. So I had her put the Copeland family in, in another building. It's a true story. And moved in an evangelist. I went to see this evangelist every day. I, got, I, I, I did everything I could to get to know this guy. And he, he would wake up and leave before I got up and come home. I, I tell you, I couldn't buy 10 minutes with this man. And he ought to appreciate, I'm the one that moved him in next door to you. You know, there's things God blocks. You're trying to open a door that he's got shut. 
and you're trying to shut a door he's got open. So finally, this man moves out against my will. And Tom Copeland moves next door, and we start going to Bible school together. And he's a pastor. I don't want to be a pastor. I'm not a pastor. I got my faith out. I'm not a pastor. And then there's this guy named Tom Copeland, right? And every time I come out, I bump into Tom. Everywhere I go, Tom is there. Finally, Tom called me up when he moved to Orlando and said, I want you to be my youth pastor. I only got one invitation. I didn't have to pray about ten. I only had one. You talking about God, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. I'm going to tell you, I prayed about things. I got frustrated with God. I kicked, I screamed, I clawed, I fought. And Tom never went away. Just stayed right there in my face. Drive to school with Tom. Eat lunch with Tom. Eat dinner with Tom. Go Tom, Tom, Tom. Finally he calls me. Wants me to be the youth pastor. I moved down here. Went through a nasty divorce. And one day the Lord spoke to me and said, see this woman right here? This is your next wife. And I said, God, I love Tom. I love Tom. I love Tom, Jesus. I love Tom. Do you understand? God has a plan. You know, some of the things that y'all are going through right now where you are really frustrated, y'all ought to lighten up a little bit. God's got a plan, and, you, and his biggest problem really is you. If you would just lighten up a little bit and just go next door and have dinner with Tom, you might get where you're going a little faster and get to your destiny. But in other words, God had a plan, and I'll tell you what, I, I'm, I didn't, it wasn't because I was so hot, it wasn't because I was so smart, there's help for you. It wasn't that I was the sharpest tack in the box, but there was a God in heaven. Now see, I had my faith out that, that, that I was going to be in the will of God, but see, there has to be there has to be a divine working behind the scenes because you know all these guys that write these books on how to build a church? They don't know. They are not. I'd have never met one of them smart enough. If God didn't help that knucklehead, nothing would have happened. I've destroyed this one three times. Yeah, I'm serious. If this was up to me, this place wouldn't be here. But it ain't up to me. Betty Mae made sure of that. God, straighten him out, Jesus. <laughs> Is it okay to pick on you a little bit? I love you to pieces. I tell you what, there's a bunch of ladies in this church, and they get together on Monday night. When we all stand before Jesus and get our rewards, he's going to call them up. I'm going to be going, well, what about me? He says, I'll talk to you after I talk to Betty. And after I talk to Jeannie. And after I talk to the women that kept you straight. And all the May family said, y'all were thinking it anyway. You might as well say it. 
Now, I'll tell you what, there's been some great people in this church, and God's used them in a mighty way. But I'll tell you what, you're looking, you're looking at a work of God. You're not, no man gets credit for anything. You are a work of God. And he has good plans for you. So we see that Abraham put his faith out. The next thing we're going to watch is the servant. So let's start with verse 9. And the servant put his hand on the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swore to him concerning this matter. And the servant took ten of the master's camels and left. For all of his master's goods were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia, to the city of Nahor. And he made his camels kneel down outside the city by a well of water at evening time, the time when women go out to draw water. And he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, here I stand by the well of water and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. He doesn't know which one it is. There is no way, there's, listen, he has no GPS. He has no iPhone. He doesn't have iTunes. He doesn't have an iPad. He doesn't have much of anything other than faith in God in his master's prayer. Do you think that maybe we should go back to the old-fashioned way of doing things and maybe pray about it because you don't have any idea which woman this is. You don't have any You're sent on a mission. Now, I'm going to give you the scripture that we're going to look at right here. It's called, The willing and the obedient shall eat the good of the land. God has got to, man he's got to maneuver right now or this man's coming home with the wrong girl, going to marry the wrong woman, going to screw up the whole plan of redemption, and it's going to mess up everybody's life. He's got to find the right one. It's a pretty big deal. And no less than you. Right? All right, now see, we're going to find out that his, his obedience brought him to this point. I want you to say, my obedience will get me where I need to go. Now, now, now I didn't say your brain. No, thank, Jackie, you're right. Thank God. Because really, the truth is, God is not looking at your intelligence. He's not, he's not looking at ability. He's looking at availability. When you say, I'll go. Listen. The steps, I'm going to say it again, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. I didn't have any, I, I didn't know how to find Lisa. I didn't even know who she was. But God's up there in heaven going, I think he'd like this one. He likes them blonde. He likes blue eyes. He likes them about five foot seven. All her life, she's always like, why am I five foot seven? Why am I five foot seven? Oh, my family's tall. I'm short. He answered my prayer before I prayed it. I don't want to look up to an old woman. Sometimes Lisa will stand on the stair step and walk up, and I'll go, get down. <laughs> I don't want to go to my wife. Isn't God good? 
All the time, y'all. That was weak, but let's go. <laughs> now let it be. Now he's about to pray. I'm telling you, this prayer is nuts. Y'all about to find out. He is about to put God to the test. Y'all have no idea how ignorant this prayer is. I'm going to show you. Let it be that the woman whom I say, please let down your pitcher that I may drink. And she says, drink. And I will give your camels a drink. Okay, let me explain this. How many gallons of water does a camel drink? That's close. How about 30 gallons each? How many does he have? Ten. Say ten. Okay, mathematician. How many gallons of water has this 16-year-old girl just agreed to get in a bucket and draw up from a well and bring to a man she doesn't know? Three hundred gallons. There, say, there's a God. He prays this dumb prayer. This girl walks up and says, would you like for me to water your camels? And he's going, Shondai. That's the girl. Can't miss that one. I'm going to give you all a little hint right here. I'm going to give you all a clue of something. Gentlemen, boys, what's he looking for? God knew which girl it was. Now, this girl is living in a place where there are no husbands. She's living in a desert with nothing but her mom, her dad, and her uncles and her cousins. She's living in a place of no hope with her faith out that someday she'll meet her prince. But she's not home concerned about that. She's home learning how to be a woman of God. And she's in church learning about serving the Lord. She's, she's listening to scriptures like, children, obey your parents, that it'll be well with you. She's not doing this. You understand that she has to know God, and she's walking up to a well. Now, now we know that Abraham prayed and said, I'm sending my angel. So from that, this angel had to have spoke to her on the way to the well and said, water his camels. Didn't he? There's no way in the world that girl would have ever said, I'm going to pull 300 gallons of water up 
had she not heard from God or known God, but I want you to know what she didn't say. What you talking about? That man's leg ain't broke. 300 gallons have you got to be out your ever-loving mind. Man, you know, I mean, I don't know what you're talking about, God. I mean, I'm going up to get a pitcher of water. This man got 10 counts. Uh-uh. What's wrong with you? You want me to do what? I bind you in the name of Jesus. You get off of me. Right now, I take authority over that thought. Ain't nobody going to put me... No, I'm home believing for a husband to come. I ain't got time to be up there watering some stranger's camel. Not me, baby. Is that what she did? No. It's not what she did. Let's read. Thank you. I'm going to make a statement right now, and I want you to listen to me very carefully. Your destiny is hooked to your circumstances. Your destiny, the plan of God for your life is hooked to your obeying God when it looks like you have got to be joking. You want me to do what? I said that when he said, take this church. I said, what? She did. They got problems. That Word of Life church has got issues. I went from making $100 a day to $200 a day to making $400 a week pastor in this church. Don't tell me that that doesn't sound like the stupidest thing you have ever heard in your life. We want you to be our pastor. You do. 50 people, and y'all are mad at the last pastor, and you're already mad at me. Some of them still are. I learned something about God, and I want you to learn this today. Your destiny is always hooked to your humility. It's always hooked to your obedience. When the Holy Ghost comes on you and said, water ten camels, all that needs to come out of your mouth is, sir, Yes, sir, hallelujah. I'll water ten camels. Uh, whatever you say, Jesus, he's not going to explain to you what he's doing or why he's doing it. He is looking for a servant mentality. Can't take you to the throne until you get off it. Yeah, but I don't want to love that husband of mine. He's a knucklehead. Your, your future is hooked to your humility. And all the men said, Amen. 
get him to get his own by God eggs in the morning. His leg ain't broke. Get up. You know what a coffee pot is. Put some coffee in it yourself. What in the world? Yeah, Hebrews. I mean, that Bible said Hebrews. What, what's, wrong, what's up with you? You want something to eat? There's food in the refrigerator. But we cooked last night leftovers. There's a microwave. What's wrong with you? And you're sitting there going, now, Lord, we need some money. Now, Lord, we need some money. We need some finances. I am preaching good. I'm preaching a lot better than y'all amen. And I am I am close to home. This Holy Spirit last night, baby, started talking to me about this woman and started showing me something about destiny. And Jordan, my son, asked me a question. He said, Dad, what do we do about all the kids that are in college in the wrong class? I said, gee, there's God, son. He, he's like, that didn't dawn on him. I said, son, they may be taking the wrong class in school, but, he, but listen, how many people go to college and don't ever do anything? Listen, you, you got that? There's a God. Man, there, you have no idea how many times I went the wrong way, but I'm going to tell you the key that's gotten me where I am today is I have never stopped serving. It's the key. Paul found the key to his destiny when he said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Jesus told his disciples the key to your destiny is in washing feet. I am almighty God. I wash feet. Don't ever get bigger than me. If you're willing to wash another man's feet, I can take you to your prosperity. I can take you to your destiny. I can get you to the throne room of almighty God. But you got to be willing to bow your knee. Recession is not the problem. <laughs> All right, hallelujah. Let's go on. Now let it be the young woman whom I say, please let down your pitcher. I read that. It happened before he was finished speaking that behold, Rebecca, who was born to help me, Beth somebody, the son of Milcah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother, came out with her pitcher on her shoulder. Now the young woman was very beautiful. God ain't going to pick you no ugly woman, boy. You the one picked the ugly one. He had a pretty one. Somebody asked me one time, they said, how did you get a pretty wife? I said, faith in God. I said, how come she got an ugly husband? I said, lack of faith in God. <laughs> I actually had a man say this to me one night. This is honest to God, true story. He said, you married outside your class. I said, it takes a certain amount of intelligence to do that. I said, I just preached like Kenneth Copeland until she said, I do. And then when we got home, she found out I was Jesse the planter. 
but she'd already said the vows, and I was okay. Right? She said, and Tar Baby said nothing. Right, she said, right. The woman was very beautiful to hold a virgin. No man had known her. She went down to the well and filled the pitch and came up. And the servant read to meet her and said, please let me drink a little water from your pitcher. And she said, drink, my Lord. And then she quickly let her pitcher down to her hand and gave him a drink. And when she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I'll water your camels too. She has no idea what she just did. But you're going to find out what she did. Let's read on. And when she quickly emptied her pitcher in the trough, she ran back to the well to draw water and drew for all the camels. And the man wondering at her, like, she's 16, 18, whatever, remained silent so as to know whether the Lord has made his journey prosperous or not. So it was when the camel finished drinking, the man took a nose ring weighing half a shekel, two bracelets weighing ten shekels of gold, and gave it. She's like, Shonda, I want you to understand that she stepped into her destiny and she stepped into the blessing of Abraham when she was willing to obey God. God is not going to open up the doors for you until you're willing to do what he's asked. Young people, let me give you a trick for you. Children, and I know you're not little children, obey your parents that it may go well with you. Honor your father and mother. That scripture's tied to your future. Your marriage, everything you'll ever touch with your life, that'll come to you good, starts at home with your mom and your daddy. Want a good life? Don't sass mama. Don't sass daddy. How am I doing, parents? Okay, double the tide next week and we'll do it again. Am I right, though? Am I right? You guys that are parents, am I telling the truth? See, we as parents, we go, I know this, guys. This, what you're learning at home, this is what's going to make you or break you in the future. As a parent, it doesn't change for you either. You still have to set an example. Your, your future and your destiny are still hooked to your obeying God. I want to give you a scripture here, if you don't mind. Go to 1 Peter 5.5. 5. I want to give you all a scripture. Hang your hat on this. Likewise, you young people, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you be submissive one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. Is it your intelligence? Is it your schooling? It's not. It's not any of those things. It, you might even be someone that nobody even knows who you are, but God knows who you are. That's all you need to know 
is that if God knows who you are and God's pleased with you, Prince Charming is on his white horse and he's headed to your house. And all the young ladies went, hallelujah, in a white Mustang, hallelujah, with money in the trunk and a rich daddy. I'm serious. All right, let's finish it. He said, whose daughter are you? Please tell me, is there room in your father's house for us to lodge? And she said, I am the daughter of, say that, Bethel? Bethuel. Bethuel. Milka's son, Milka cow, Milka, Milka company. Glad it's my name's not milk. Milk or no something. No more milk or no something. And she bore to Nahor. Moreover, she said to him, We have both straw and feet enough and room to lodge. And the man bowed down his head and he worshiped the Lord. And he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his mercy and his truth toward this matter. As for me, being on the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. So the young woman ran and told her mother's household what just happened. She don't even hardly know what just happened. All right, now let's go down to verse 25. He goes in to the girl's parents. Now I want you to read what he's about to say to them. Listen to this. The Lord has blessed my master greatly, and he has become great and given him flocks and herds and silver, gold, male and female servants, camels and donkeys. And your daughter is about to marry the heir. Now, are y'all ready? Because this is the punchline. What were the camels there for? Why did the servant bring ten camels? The gifts. The girl was watering her gifts. What after he unloaded all of the gifts and gave them to mom and daddy and her what did he use the camel for? The camel she watered was the means that God was going to use to take her to her destiny. She's out there watering camels that's about to take her to Prince Charming and all the wealth of Abraham's blessings that are also belongs to the church. The camel you are watering is the camel that God is going to use to get you to your destiny. So stop whining about the things that God has asked you to do. Stop whining about all that church is doing is just using me. Well, you ask him to use you, you dumb thing. 
man, when she see this girl doesn't know this. You also didn't know it. Everything God has ever asked me to do that was hard was propelling me into my calling. Everything that I thought, I don't want to do that. Man, are you serious? Three three hundred gallons of water? No. Talking on Wednesday night about walking in love. When I came to this town, the Lord said, I want you to take this youth group. Folks, I'll tell you something. It's tough opening up your house to a bunch of teenagers and having potato chips and it, it's tough. It's tough to open up your house and invite someone in your home. It's tough. Listen, it, it, it crimps your American selfish life. But when God brings that pain in the butt to you, that person who you're going, I don't want to do that. Just leave me alone, watch TV. Uh-uh, listen to me. You're watering the camel that's riding you to your destiny. Say, serving God is a good thing. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. The blessings are in the humility. The blessings are in the serving. The blessings are in your obedience. When, you, when, 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 he, when he strips your flesh, say, thank you, Jesus. I'll water ten more camels, hallelujah. Give me some more camels. Just send them on, Jesus. He parked that girl up on that camel and hauled her off. Anyway, let's read this. It is just good. I read this, I was reading this, and I went, yeah, Jesus, I'll preach this on Halloween. Hallelujah Day. How many of y'all know, how many of you know he's got a plan for you? Say, it's a good plan. It's a wealthy place. Yeah, it is. You ain't going to find it sitting on your blessed ascent. up, I am. Verse 38, but you shall go to my father's house and to my family and take a wife for your son. He's going over that. Verse 40, and he said, the Lord be whom I walk will send his angel with you and prosper you. And he did all of that. Let's see where we are. Verse 30, verse 53, and the servant brought out jewelry of silver, jewelry of gold and clothing gave them to Rebekah, and he also precious things to her brother and her mother. And he and the men that were with him ate and drank and stayed all night and arose in the morning and said, send me away to my master. I've got a mission. I've got to go. There are times when God's going to say to you, it's time to go. Be willing to go. Whatever he asks you to do. Listen, I was comfortable in that. I like don't like sand. I like dirt. Real dirt. 
I don't like palm trees. I like real trees. And he said, go, I went. When he said, leave Oklahoma, I left. Let's get on. Verse 61. Rebekah and her maids arose, and they rode on the camels, and they followed the man. So the servant took Rebekah and departed. Now Isaac came from the way of Beer Budweiser. And he dwelt in the south. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field in the evening. And he lifted his eyes and looked, and there the camels were coming. And Rebekah looked at her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she dismounted from her camel. And when she had said to the servant, Who is this man walking in the field to meet us? And the servant said, That's my master. She took a veil and she covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all the things that had been done. And Isaac brought her into his mother's tent and took Rebekah to be his wife. Woo! That's a love story. I mean, you could take that right there and go off on that. She's like, that's him? God, he's good looking. He's going. Oh, that servant, she is fine. She is fine. And she's sitting on that camel going, he is rich. He is rich. This boy has got some money. This ain't Kansas, Toto. Are y'all out there? What a story. What an absolute incredible story. God has a plan. Oh, we're out of time. Lord, I'm not. We're going to take communion. I want you all to do something right now. Communion. Go to 1 John 1, 9 as they begin to pass the elements. If you all would begin. I, I, didn't, I didn't know we'd run so far out of time. But I want to show you something in 1 John. How many of you have ever missed it? Hey, 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 three people on the front, two teenagers. The rest of them lying through their teeth. Are you all ready for some good news? There's only one thing stopping you from the blessings of Abraham. And, and when you sin, when we all sin, we all miss it. God knew that. But he made a way for us to get back in fellowship with him so the blessings will flow. Now, you, you're sitting here going, yeah, but I hadn't been obeying God. Well, why don't you change? You say, but yet I am losing my house. Well, why don't you change? You say, but my marriage is falling apart. Well, why don't you change? Okay, that's, that's weak. Are y'all listening? You got so involved in the saltines, you can't listen anymore. All right, now look. I'm going to read 1 John. It says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all that stands between us and God. How would you like for God to stamp on your forehead right now, not guilty, blessed? You can't get to God any other way than the blood of Jesus. You don't have any other way to do this. There's no other name. There's, you're not coming to God except through Jesus. And if the church misses it and you get out of the plan of God, aren't you glad you can get back in? That's called good news. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. That's my righteousness. In just a moment, we're going to receive communion. 
And I want y'all to do something. If, if you have not been doing what he told you to do, just bow your head and say, you know, I'm just going to get it together right now. And, and I can't get saved again, but I sure would like to get my past behind me. I mean, I'm thinking, I like Rebecca. I think I, I think I could learn something from that girl. The next time somebody says something to me, instead of me being ugly, I'll just go, yeah, amen, glory to God, that's my camel. That's my camel. And sure straighten the marriage out. Your husband wakes up and says, honey, I want some breakfast. He'd like to hear, oh, dear, yes. Honey, would you like coffee? Men, help me. Honey, what else would you like for your breakfast? Hey, sweetheart, that's your camel. Serving in honor, preferring one another. I want you to walk around this church, and I want you to start finding somebody that needs some help. That's, that's you're hooking yourself to the blessings of God when you do that. Jesus said, whatever you did to the least mine, you did it to me. Holy Ghost speaks to you and says, what are some camels? You go, I'll water every camel that man got. He looked like he got some money. That's not why she did it. That's not why she did it, is it? She did it out of nothing but respect, and her parents taught her how to be a servant, and her serving took her to the throne of God we got a lot of Christians in the world today they don't serve the Lord we are sons but we should begin loving one another and serving one another you should look around this church and go do you need some help you got any camels I can help you water you look like somebody I could help I'll tell you what you if mm -mm -mm. do y'all see this now you can't change the scripture. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he will lift you up. You don't have a job? Start serving God. You don't have the money you want? You start serving God. You don't have your marriage where you want it? You start serving God. Now, let's get your past under the blood. Because today is the beginning of a brand new life. Say, Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ that by his stripes I am the healed. On his body he bore all of my sickness and all of my diseases. And I thank you that as I partake of this wafer, it's a type of my faith in what Jesus did for me. From this day forward, I'm a servant. Go ahead and partake. Now get the cup in your hand because we're going to pray again. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you that there was a day I was born again. But since that day, I've gotten out of your will, and I've missed your plan for my life. 
no more. I'm coming back to your way of doing it. I'm coming home. I declare Jesus is Lord. And all of my sins are forgiven. From this day forward, I stand before you not guilty. I will serve you. I will walk with you. I will be the husband or the wife. I will be the young person you called me to be in the name of Jesus because I have learned my destiny is hooked to my obedience. Wash me in your blood. My future is Somebody said, hallelujah.